0: This is Brian Oaks and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman as well. Snow is being seen at this hour in western North Dakota. A wintry mix with freezing rain is also likely in the western half of the state, with some areas expected to receive as much as 4 inches of snow. There is dense fog this morning, mainly west of the Red River Valley. The Devil's Lake Basin could see rain this afternoon, changing over to snow. Due to the very warm temps, there is some um, uncertainty with the system. The National Weather Service Aberdeen office says there's a 60% chance of, cha- of rain changing over to snow tomorrow and into Friday. Those snowfall totals are expected to remain
2: under an inch. The use of dicamba is now in jeopardy for the upcoming growing season. A federal court has vacated the registrations of Extendamax, Ingenia and Tavium. The court determined the EPA violated the notice and comment requirement for these product registrations. It's estimated that two-thirds of the soybeans and 75% of the cotton are dicamba-resistant varieties.
1: Geopolitical strategist Peter Zihan delivered the final keynote address at the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo yesterday in West Fargo. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has the story.
3: Demographics around the world are changing. Zion says this will cause a great disruption in how our economic systems function.
4: In the next few years, we're going to see the complete transformation of the global economic system, which, among other things, means that the world is running out of people under age 40. It's not that we ran out of kids, that was 20 years ago. Uh, this is the age, this is the decade we're running out of working aged adults. And the country that is going to be most affected by that transformation is China. And, you know, of course, this is a country that absorbs just a little bit of soy and corn from other places. So, in essence, the world's largest manufacturing power and the destination for a huge chunk of the world's raw commodities, agriculture and otherwise, is going to go to zero. And that is going to change a few people's business plans.
3: North America will see less of an impact than other areas around the globe that produce food.
4: But as much of a shock as that's going to be here, it's going to be far worse in locations where the input stream that allows the farmers to grow food in the first place are going to be disrupted. Now, here in North Dakota, here in North America, most of our supply streams are native to the continent. So we produce all of our own nitrogen, most of our own equipment and so on. In Brazil, over three quarters of it comes from a different hemisphere. So we're looking not just at the loss of the world's largest consumer, of foodstuffs. We're also looking at the loss of many of our competitors when it comes to producing the stuff in the first place.
3: While demand will decrease, there will still be opportunities for producers with access to inputs.
4: So yes, demand is going to drop, but supply is going to crater. And if you're a producer who can continue to produce in this change environment, like everyone in North Dakota is, you're going to try to feed the world and you're going to fail. And then you're going to look at your bank account, you're going to get over it.
3: Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
1: American Soybean Association President Josh Gackle of Cullum, North Dakota, says there continues to be a heavy focus on communicating the importance of updating and passing a farm bill this year.
5: D.C. can be tough, and especially in an election year, and politics uh, is more of the focus. Um, It's difficult to get anything through Congress right now, no matter what the issue is. Um, So again, as we approach reauthorization of the farm bill this year, a full five-year reauthorization, uh, that is our priority at ASA, engaging with committee chairs and committee members on our priorities, uh, making sure that the farm safety net, risk management tools, uh, improvements to ARC and the PLC, um, ensuring that crop insurance support stays there, uh, uh, You with crop insurance being probably our number one risk management tool.
1: Outside of the Farm Bill, the American Soybean Association continues to look for ways to expand markets for soybeans.
5: As we're looking to putting this crop in the ground here in the next couple months, you know, spring is right around the corner. Prices are a little bit lower than than what we've experienced the past few years, and it's, the margins are a lot tighter now on the farm. Um, so making sure that we have somewhere for our product to go um, at a profitable level so that's that's demand right that's building demand both here domestically and throughout our international markets you know the crush capacity that we see coming online the the buzz around sustainable aviation fuel and you know the the demand that might be there for the product that we're producing that's exciting some new opportunities there and then uh, working with uh, our partners at USDA and our foreign egg service on building that foreign demand so Those are things outside of the farm bill that we continue to work on.
1: Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network.
2: Wednesday farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The clock is ticking on a new farm bill. American Soybean Association executive director of government affairs Christy Seifert does not want to see this legislation pushed into next year.
3: I sure hope it's in 2024. We've been advocating for a new and improved farm bill for two years, and hope that we can get there. The extension in the fall was necessary to give policymakers more time they have through the end of September uh, to do that, and I think there's sincere interest in making sure that that farm bill can, um, a meaningful bipartisan farm bill can happen, so I hope they can do it.
2: At the Northern Corn and Soybean Expo, Seifert said hard work remains for Farm Bill supporters.
3: With tight margins in Congress, with, uh, you know, boy, a lot going on in the, in the government funding space, but then also global events and, and um, border challenges and, and other challenges. And so I think that there are some headwinds in terms of floor time and just process, but I think there's certainly a will for it to come together in a bipartisan
1: way. National Corn Grower Association Director of Public Policy Wayne Stopeskov says Farm Bill negotiations are still happening in D.C. The
6: negotiations are really still behind the scenes between primarily the committee leadership and senior members. A lot of conversation about improvements to the commodity programs, crop insurance, the trade promotion programs, and even voluntary conservation and a lot of questions about where funding will come from and and how it will be pulled together. So we're hoping that the appropriations process will finalize soon at the beginning of March and then allow us to have the floor time and then and kind of back up up to uh, the committee do their work and have a committee markup and amendment process that will really show that in agriculture a bipartisan multi-year farm bill is still possible well ahead of the presidential elections.
1: There is still the possibility of seeing a farm bill pass during the lame duck session following election day.
6: You still have to move the committee version of the farm bill both across the House and Senate and across the floor to get to a point where they can negotiate the differences between the two bills probably this spring or summer, to have the wheels start moving and and have the train start rolling so that we're in a position to be successful in that lame duck period. There's a lot of attention to that, so we can avoid using the E word, which would be an extension, for another year.
2: The Democratic members of the House Agriculture Committee have released their guiding principles for the new farm bill. There are five priorities on the list. Reducing hunger, strengthening America's farmers, an investment in sustainable agriculture, lower costs for farmers, and support for renewable energy and bioenergy.
1: USDA is issuing the final emergency relief program payments for crop losses in 2020 and 2021. The first round of payments is made with a 75% payment factor. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau says additional assistance is on the way. If you received an ERP Phase 1 payment for 2020 or 2021, you'll receive a 3.5% payment on top of that. Meanwhile, ERP enrollment continues for disaster
2: losses suffered in 2022. After nearly three decades of involvement at the regional and national level, Euclid Minnesota farmer Paul Rutherford is in his last year as a member of the American Sugar Beet Growers Association board. Rutherford sees the value in farming taking their message to Capitol Hill.
0: If you want to stay in business, you got to get involved. They want it, when you go up on Capitol Hill, you know they see lobbyists all the time we go up there as farmers family farmers and they they love to sit down with us you know I've sat down in many offices and the staffer is uh, tight and they're going oh boy here we go again and I say you know what I'm a farmer from the Red River Valley of Minnesota and you can just see him relax in the chair and pretty soon you have a conversation like your, your old friends it's just you know they just love to see a farmer in here what's going on in our farms. And I think that's the greatest asset we have. The sugar industry has a $23 billion
2: impact nationwide.
0: Just in the Red River Valley alone, it's about $6.3 billion, um, 140,000, 50,000 jobs nationwide, 20, 20 to 25,000 in the Red River Valley again. It's, just, it's so important for our small communities, rural communities. Uh, if we didn't have sugar, our communities would dry up. The Northern Crops Institute will begin its
1: search for a new director this spring. Mark Jurek is leaving NCI after six years as director. Technical manager David Baim and program development manager Casey Peterson will serve as interim co-directors. This is the Red River Farm Network.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. With spring almost here, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson caught up with countryside insurance owner Jennifer Odison for an update on the recent policy changes for crop insurance.
4: What's new in 2024 for crop insurance and what should farmers be on the lookout for here as spring approaches?
7: One of the biggest things there is there's a big changes for sugar beets. Now the extra early harvest allowance will now be an option on your policy instead of where in the past it's been part of your policy back to 2019. So it is now an option that would need to be elected by March 15th. But there are some changes with that. They changed the threshold to be 15% instead of 10%, meaning in order to be able to use that early harvest allowance, it has to be, uh, you would have had to harvest more than 15% of the acres of that unit prior to October 1st in order to be allowed to use that extra harvest allowance. They also requiring you to go back and recertify at least back to 2020, which is the producer's required retention period. There's a lot to this, and and you're required to do this recertification process, whether you take this new early harvest allowance option or not, if you don't do it, you'll get assigned yields, and there's just a lot to it. So if you have any questions, on that, feel free to give us a call. Other than that, for changes, there aren't a lot.
4: How can producers best be prepared for the planting season in regards to their crop insurance?
7: We just tell everybody when we get together with everybody every year to determine if you should make any changes. Uh, bring in what your planting intentions are. Y- you know, we like to go map by map and, and just review know what kind of unit structure would be best for you. If you have any entity changes, we need to know that. There's just a lot of different things, but we always meet with all of our growers on a one-on-one basis to help them determine what their best um, plan is for this next growing season.
4: That was Countryside Insurance owner Jennifer Odison. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets,
1: we're down 2 cents for Minneapolis wheat, that March contract now 691 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March down 2 and a quarter, and KC wheat March down 2 cents. March corn down 4 and a quarter, 434 and a half. We're down 3 and a quarter for the July contract. March soybeans at uh, 1185 and a quarter down 14 and a quarter, May down by 13 and a half cents. On the farm calendar, a busy day, agronomy on ice going on in uh, the Devil's Lake area. Uh, Again, that's going on today, always a big event. The best of the best in wheat and soybean research today in Grand Forks at the O'Leary Center, starting with registration at 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, They'll have a similar program on tap tomorrow at Moorhead. And the NDSU Extension and South Dakota State University Extension, has their alternative beef cow systems symposium that includes a session today in jamestown they'll be meeting at the civic center that program starts at 10 this morning have yourself a great day you're listening to the red river farm
0: network